0: Good morning, and welcome to the Ventura Center for Spiritual Living. It is a delight to see you here this morning in all of your beauty. Thank you so much for joining us here in person, and thank you also for joining us online. I'm going to go ahead and pass the word over to Brock, our former board president.
1: <laughs> um, I'm, I'm supposed to welcome you. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ever wonder about that? Crazy, right? There, There's... Jesus Christ sitting next to Eckhart Tolle, and there's Lucy sitting next to Fred Rogers, and you know Gandhi, Thich Nhat Hanh, Yoda, you know. <laughs> and um, I want to kind of share how that works. Uh, we are we are graced with mystics in this in this center in this church. For instance, there's a there's a lady sitting over there. I won't call her name or, or call her out or anything, but there's a lady sitting over there. That visits the bunnies every day and holds them in her lap and sings to them.
0: We have bunnies in our church. We, we have so. rabbits. <laughs> we have rabbits. In it's, all, it's all part
1: of the vision. Like when Bonnie was like, we're going to get bunnies, I was like, rabbits? <laughs> What's the deal? But there's a logic to it. it. It's a crazy logic, it's a roomy logic. But I want to tell you how it works, okay? for those of you who are watching for those of you who are here for those of you who will visit if you hang around this church for a while your heart will get bigger really it's true welcome
0: thank you so much Yay. so true <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you speaking of somebody with a big heart let's have Bill Hadras one of our youth and family folks come on down <laughs>
2: My fans are here today. Yes, (laughs) every day. Good morning. As Bonnie said, I'm Bill Hadris with Youth and Family. I'd like to ask, have you ever been excited, anticipating something, and scared, maybe feeling hesitant at the same time? Many, maybe all of us have. I have heard that this state of being a combination of blessing and hesitation is called blessitation. <laughs> what gifts can be discovered during moments of blessitation? If you remember, we all have superpowers. Powers like love, grace, wisdom, and courage, many more we also call those God qualities. When we use our courage and moments of blessitation, we move past our fear and discover our other powers or talents that we have. We can say, something good will come from this. I am curious what that will be. When we have the courage to bless a situation and know we can find positive growth from the experience we can learn to be more curious than worried or afraid. The good possibilities are endless. The more we do it, the better we feel, and the better the results. So let's practice. I invite you to close your eyes, take a breath, and think of something that you're about to do that makes you feel nervous or hesitate or maybe something you've been putting off, hesitating for a while. Now to work through that, let's think of something you already find comfort in. Maybe it's music, jokes, writing, dancing, solving puzzles, singing, Or something else you just love to do? How does it feel to do something you love to do? You can use that feeling from within yourself to move through that blessitation. So I invite you to repeat after me. Courage fills my body and radiates from my heart.
0: Courage fills my body and radiates from my heart.
2: And so it is.
0: And so it is. Thank, Thank you. you, Bill. The place of God. <laughs> I hold you here. Thank you everyone. We'll have Mary Kerrigan offer us a prayer.
3: Good morning. Will the practitioners and ministers please rise and support us in prayer? Take a deep breath and settle in. Find your feet grounded, your body and your mind right here in the present. Divine Spirit is Full of creativity, the energy that flows gives us love and courage, and curiosity, and wisdom. And that divine spirit, I'm intimately connected to that. That wisdom and love and curiosity, courage is within me and within everyone. Who is here in this sacred sanctuary, everyone who is listening virtually, this message today, the music, everything flows with a beauty and a energy that ignites us, uplifts us, frees us from anything that we no longer need us open to receive, and it gives us the chance to serve, serve love and be loved and share love with everyone who is here, and it ripples through the world and sustains us through the week, and I'm very grateful to be part of that spiritual community that supports us all Release my words into the law, knowing that they are already so, and together we say, and so it is.
0: We give thanks to Mary <coughs> excuse me for blessing us with her words. And we settle into our seats, breathing deeply, allowing ourselves to be still and know as we listen to the words of our sacred reading, provided. For us today, by Christine Both, as our usual reader is traveling this morning. So let us listen with an open heart, an open
4: mind, and an open being. And so it is. An excerpt from Looking for Emerald City by Chip Fraser. When we talk or think about life, not as a film noir, but as a dreamy comedy. We can laugh and be excited about the possibilities. We have that rare present of being able to choose how we act and how we respond. We can be sad or disappointed or part of the victimhood. Or we can say, I do not believe this is for me. Say it loud, I'm happy and proud, proud to be happy because I'm now adding to the beauty and truth and the glory of my fellow human beings. This is worth saying as many times as you can. Life is about gratitude. And when you are thankful, you are happy. And when you're happy, life is more entertaining, fascinating, positive, plentiful, wonderful, and worth every second but we have been told that it is certainly impossible to live every moment with a smile on your face and a song in your heart. I say happiness is a choice and a habit. Practice being happy and you will be. We have the necessary ingredients to find joy in virtually every moment in our life. I'm making it my commitment to be happy to be in that state of bliss where I can say no to depression and anger and any of those terms and feelings that keep me out of my natural state. Let us take our fellow human beings to where there is more light. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you.
0: (coughs) And so as we find that inner state of being, that blessed being where there is more light, always more light. It is the place within us that embraces both the the light and the darkness. It is what we call God or love, higher power, truth. And we anchor into that spaciousness. We know that it also goes by the name I am because it is existence itself. And so together we sing in the holiness of I am, as we remember the truth about ourselves, but also remember the truth of the entire cosmos. I am remembering who I am. Let us sing together. we rest in the stillness of that divine remembrance. Allow it to breathe us as we breathe it. And then we inhale, and then exhale, opening our eyes in love and in service to what is as it is, and so it is. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful. Anybody here imagine in there the quote from uh, <laughs> who wrote that? John <laughs> Lennon? Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Displaying my ignorance already. Wow. <laughs> so um, I think many of you probably saw the newsletter and, and recognize this lovely face here. This is our guest, Chip Fraser, who wrote a book called Looking for Emerald City, hence the song from. Our beloved Margaret and Chris. So, um, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and call uh, Chip up here and ha- have a seat, and we're going to talk about his book today so we can all learn. Yay! Is. <laughs> Hi.
5: Hello. How's it going? Good. Good. What you know good? What do I know good? Yeah. That's such a loaded question. It's <laughs> everything.
0: Well, p- most people probably don't even know what that means. Right? Because you're from North Carolina and you know, you know that phrase. What you we, know good?
5: That's right. What you know good.
0: What you know good. It means uh, what's new, right? That's what it means. <laughs> yes. Thank as far as I recall. Refreshing yeah. my memory. Yes. <laughs> I haven't lived
5: in North Carolina for a long time. Same here. But I still remember a lot of the things.
0: Same, the same. here. We'll talk sometime.
5: I will say this a real quick. Yeah. Uh, must. When you used to call people on the phone, yeah. the person would answer the phone and they'd go, Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Which I never could figure out until I finally asked somebody. I said, Hold on. I said, well, Why hold on? Well, hold anyway. On. I got you. Okay.
0: Why do they call it an ink pen?
5: A what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> an ink pen. An, an ink pen. That's an ink pen. A pen. Yeah, yeah of course. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Perhaps we could ca- cover this in another time. <laughs> Delightfully, but I would like to hear, and I'm, I'm sure our folks in, sitting in the congregation would like to hear just a little bit about you. Who are you? Where are you from? What would you
5: do? Well, I'm originally from Virginia, mm. and that's where I lived for 42 years approximately. Wow. Lived in North Carolina, I guess, a f- few years of that. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to North Carolina in 1995, I think. Okay, So right. Maybe a little earlier than that. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the background of my physical Yes. The yeah. landscape that I experienced—the uh-huh. very conservative east in Virginia, and then the wild, wild west. Yes. And so that's <laughs> what I've composed my life of. Uh-huh. Those two combinations.
0: Uh huh. And then you—you you had a or have a career. Tell us a little bit about your career.
5: Well, I was a teacher for uh-huh. 38 years. I taught at the school system in Norfolk, Virginia, then uh-huh. I taught in Ventura. Uh huh. Coach football in when I was in Norfolk. Wow. As part of that. And then I taught at the college level, mm-hmm. on and off for about four years, usually at the junior college uh-huh. level, but a couple of universities, Old Dominion University <coughs> and James Madison. Uh huh. So that was my career. Uh-huh. But somewhere along the line, my wife and I owned a restaurant called The Potpourri and then Masters and then Barrier Island. So we owned two in Virginia and one in North Carolina. Oh. And then uh, my hobby became movies. yes. And I had a great deal of fun with that, although it has never really proved that financially resourceful. But it has been fun.
0: But you did write a movie script that got produced.
5: I did write a movie script that did get produced, and that was mm-hmm. made to a movie that's called Time Crafters. Time Crafters. It can yeah. now be found on Amazon Prime, as well as a few other uh-huh. locations. And, and we, are, we are hearing that Netflix may want to do a series based on the movie. Wonderful. So we'll see if that that's great.
0: Yeah, you, so you wrote the screenplay, right? I did. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah.
5: And, I, and I took the screenplay after, th- this is usually done the other way. You usually write the book first and then you write the screenplay. Uh-huh. But I've written the screenplay and now I'm r- I've written the book. Great. And we'll see if somebody will pick that up. That's
0: wonderful, wonderful. You also wrote um, Confessions of a Dashboard Saint? Philosophy of, Philosophy of a, Dashboard a Dashboard Saint. And then this one, um, <coughs> looking L- for? Emerald City. Emerald City. So tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write this book
5: a number of things, but possibly the first is my devotion to The Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh. And my youngest son, who happens to be sitting right there, that was his uh, <laughs> blanket. Oh. Whenever things were not going <laughs> quite right, he want would want to watch The Wizard of Oz. Uh-huh. And my oldest son would come and say, get Byron's blanket, turn on the TV. He uh. has to watch The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. So that was the first thing, I think, about it. And then from there, I figured out that there was so much meaning to life in that one movie, that one book. And yes. Having read the book and watched the movie countless times, yes, uh, I just found the parallels that it has with our day-to-day, the looking for a destination right. uh, as beautiful as Emerald City, right. and then having a yellow brick road, which we all have our own yellow brick road. Yes,
0: absolutely. So it sounds like a big metaphor, right?
5: Uh, it is a big metaphor. Yes, yes.
0: I'm going to ask the congregation a quick question. Is there anyone here who hasn't seen... The Wizard of Oz. Raise your hand. Kenny! <laughs> Stop that. Okay, we got plans after church. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, so um, so the title intrigued you in terms of writing the book, and, but what, what um, in general, what did you want to, sh- like, you know, when you write a book, you're sharing a part of yourself. You're sharing a part of your story. So, what was most important for you to share in the writing of this
5: book? Well, I think there were just a number of things But one that jumps out it, it, There's a part in my book One little chapter that says Let the world go by and take the next bus <laughs> That always sticks with me And I always think of that in, in relation to the book in general That this is a big world There are a lot of things going on But you don't have to do it right then and there You have to plan for it Or, or not plan for it You have to be patient Rest for the time to come That's right for the, us to do that Right, right. So that is one of the things I think that inspired the uh, the whole book.
0: Yeah. It's so ongoing. Say that phrase again. The whole world is going S- by.
5: Stop, stop. Let let stop. Let the world go by and take the next bus. Yes. Because it's going to be there tomorrow. Right. What you want to accomplish or what you feel the need to accomplish, you don't have to do it right then and there. Right, right. So I think that urgency is, is sometimes overrated.
0: Yeah. Sometimes
5: yeah. we have to have it, but not always.
0: Sometimes it's right and I, I would I would probably call that in terms of this teaching like pushing the miracle like trying to trying to do yep. have things happen in in our time versus the divine timing and divine timing is always perfect. Yes. Right? Yes, yeah. it is. But I've never heard that thing about the bus before so that's kind of awesome.
5: Well, it's too bad that buses are not as popular as they <laughs> once were. <laughs> well,
0: um, they are where I'm from from New York, you know. So. Yes, of course <laughs> yeah. in New York and yeah. San Francisco and
5: yeah. places like that. Yeah. But uh, I, I just feel that we, we have put ourselves in such a period of uh, if we don't do it now, when's it going to get done? Exactly. And it's going to get done. It's, it's exhausting. At, at the, uh, as you have said countless times before, that we have this whole universe that is there to support us. Yes. So I Isn't that a
0: beautiful thing? It is a beautiful thing. Yeah, and it's exhausting to try and rush, rush God's time, cause it, and it's kind of futile in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Well, I felt like it, if it was all on me to do the things I want to do, I, I would never get them done. And that, uh, and getting back to what Bill said earlier about blessification, is was that was the term? Yeah, I think that, so. Uh, that we have that that happen. That yeah. we we're anxious and that we're excited at the same time. Yes. Yes. And then that that that's yeah. a, a Good. It's a good feeling, but it can sometimes be a little uh, daunting. It can
0: bring up a little fear. It's yeah. A little fear. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So I I noticed um, certain things in your. Um, in your book that I thought were really interesting and really relevant to what we teach here. And I'm going to read a quote. Um, this is from, a, I, I just label it as a garden. I don't remember what, uh, what the chapter title was, but I wrote the garden, page 71. And it says, you do not and should not wait for happiness because it's right here, right now. The so-called garden is blooming all around you and thanks to time crunches, envy, advertising, and everyone being told what we should look like, act like, feel like, and be like, we are content to wait until it, meaning happiness, comes true. So it sounds like you're saying that we, ten- we have a tendency to postpone our joy or our happiness. Yes. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that.
5: Well, I think that every time I think about that, that we are, we put the, we put the pressure on ourselves. Yes. Of course, the pressure might come from external sources, but yeah. eventually we it boils down to us putting the pressure on ourselves. And yeah. as, as we do that, uh, we eliminate the spontaneity that could occur and just how things occurring in the time fashion. But I wanted to add something that I never put in the book that I forgot to put in, but one of the things that inspired that particular chapter. Uh-huh. Now, re- when I say chapter, my chapter's only about a page long. So some of them are a little longer, but... For pages, sure. yeah, it's short great. pages. But the, there was a movie made called Being There with oh, Peter Sellers. I love that movie. And <laughs> they talked about the garden and that. Yes. And of course, he was talking about one thing, and then the people asking him questions were talking about an entirely different thing that was much more uh, expanded to what he was thinking, because he yes. was not really capable of uh, handling that or chose not to. And I think that the garden is there. It's going to grow in the way it's supposed to grow. You can't force the garden to grow. The no. Garden just, it just grows organically, as yes. they say. Yes, yes. I think that's the way it's supposed to happen.
0: Yeah. How many of you have seen Being There? Great movie, right? Great movie, yeah. Yeah. And there are so many beautiful metaphors with gardening. I think, I think I've also asked this, I think I asked this question recently, but how many of us have planted a seed and then dug it up to see if it's growing? I confess, I planted a whole lawn and did that, by the way. <laughs> it was for my rabbits. I was really eager to have my rabbits have some, some grass to chew on, so, you know, dug it up. Didn't help, got to tell you. <laughs> Good reason. Yeah, and it seems like in, in, our, in our lives, just to, you know, make this relevant to those of you who haven't dug up a lawn recently, um, that we plant a seed in terms of prayer or intention or what have you, and then, and then we're like, hasn't worked yet. What's wrong, God? It hasn't worked yet. Well, I guess I should just give up because it hasn't worked yet, right? But what if, as, as Chip says, it's supposed to work in God's perfect timing and then we don't have to push the universe and we allow our gardens to grow in their own pace?
5: That is, I have found that to be true yeah. on more occasions than not and have learned... In my 75 plus years, <laughs> and I just recently, seriously, sep- that's well. right. I, I turned 75 <laughs> in February, mm. but in that that 75 years, I have thought things should happen a lot quicker and should happen a lot better. Yeah, and they didn't always measure up to my expectations. Yeah, but rather than f- regret them or fret of them, I just accept them. Yeah, I just I just do. Yeah, and it's 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 easier for me to do that than before when I worry about it. And I've never been one for worry. I, I've more like been of the mind of Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine. What me worry, you know, and then <laughs> why worry? What doesn't do any good, so yeah. I haven't yes. stopped.
0: Yes, Alfred E. Newman is in the book. I that's right. Yes, that's uh, true. Yes, now, what was the quote again? What does he say?
5: What me worry. What me but worry, right? I think right? It depends on how you say it. What me worry? So yeah, I think that's, that's it. it, yeah. Something like that.
0: Yeah, so you are not a worrier.
5: I'm not a worrier. That's lovely. And I try I try to keep things peaceful and I was always growing up I was the uh, I was the arbitrator in my family between my stepfather and mother and my sister. Uh-huh. They, they were all three argumentative and oh. they were all very good at it. And I was not <laughs> I was not very good at yeah. it. I yeah. d- I, was, I got an F in that particular. You got course, an F in worrying. in
0: worrying. Good for you.
5: <laughs> well, I think it probably helped me. Uh, yeah. Through life. That's awesome.
0: Can Perhaps. I touch the hem of your garment so that I too yeah. may be like you? <laughs> you can. Thank you. Don't
5: That's count great. on much happening there, but you're <laughs> okay. welcome to. All of you are welcome to. <laughs> all right.
0: Let's rewrite in the Bible right here. <laughs> right? <laughs> there you go. Well, here's another thing that I really liked in your book, and it kind of goes with the theme with um, not not worrying. Um, Uh, But it seems like there's an alternative to to worrying. And and one of the things you said was acceptance. But I also like this thing. It's on page five. And it says, solutions are closer than you think. Here's the rub. Solutions are closer than you think if you are willing to try something different. What? (laughs) Say more about that.
5: Well, okay. (laughs) I I, I just think that this, this term status quo is something that many people have adopted and go with yes and the and the follow-up to that is that uh, the concept of change is frightening to a lot of people Mm -hmm. and to actually implement change and allow it to really take over and guide help you guide your life it's very people are, are hesitant to do that because it's it's doing something that is not what they're used to doing. Mm-hmm. We get into the comfort zone. We can't get out of the comfort zone. And mm-hmm. then while we're in that, it keeps us from jumping off that ledge. Right. It keeps us from moving forward. And, right. and I think that is what I'll say about that. Because I believe we all have the choice to, to do something different. On any different occasion, anything we're doing, yeah. a job that you're unhappy with. That you don't leave so you stay with it and i i can't tell you how many people i've talked to friends of mine Uh that have said they've just retired i said you're glad to be retired aren't you yeah i hated my job how long did you stay there 52 years wow and you hated it why didn't you leave well i couldn't leave why because i was making enough money i couldn't replace it so you gave up your happiness and to keep your comfort and you weren't that comfortable Right. Anyway, I didn't cross examine them too much because yeah. I felt like that would have been bullying or beating yeah. them up, and sure. I didn't want to do that. Sure.
0: So, do something different. Do you, do you have a particular system of guidance that you use to know what the different thing is?
5: I'd love to say yes, okay. but I'm just not that organized. Okay. <laughs> there are things that come to me and they just pop in, and, and, and I deal with them at that level pretty uh-huh. much. Uh-huh. And it's, it's, uh, it's good and it's bad. I mean, I think it's wonderful that I am spontaneous and, that, and I'm always ready to look at something different Mm -hmm. but it doesn't always work out because i have not taken the right plans and i have to go back and kind of readjust myself yeah and of course that's the the concept of adaptability i think it's so important in all of our lives and and it's Mm. hard to be adaptable sometimes
0: you know what? And it's the adaptability. And I think I think sometimes people are afraid to change or to look for a new a new solution. Um, solutions are closer than you think if you're willing to try something different. I think sometimes people are afraid to try something different because they're afraid that they'll try the wrong thing and it won't work. But what if the wrong thing is part of the right thing? You know? Have you ever had that happen? Yes, Where I you have. Go, you go down a path and you're like, oh man, this is not working at all. And then and then suddenly you see, it, well, in hindsight, you see how that, that path down this way that led you over here was the perfect way to get from here to there. You couldn't go that way. You had to go, eh, eh, like that, right? I so I,
5: it, it's true, and I think it comes back to that uh, old expression, we only know what we know. Yes. But there's so much we don't know, yes. and so we can't, it's kind of hard to change something that we don't know because that's, that's an entirely different story uh, path to what might be the proper outcome, right. or the positive outcome.
0: Right, right. And it is, I mean, as, as probably a lot of you know, it really is like, now, now you like movies, so you'll, you'll enjoy this, right? The, whichever Indiana Jones movie it is, and I know you can, you can tell me which one it is, but where Indiana Jones has to step off a cliff, and he can't see that there's, I mean, there is no step there, but he has to see it, uh, step off the cliff, and then the, the cliff, the, the step rises up to greet him, right? Right. You know that movie? Yes. But which <laughs> one is it? And I don't uh, remember. I thought you would know. What? The Last Crusade? Okay. The Last Crusade. Good. Voices, voices of the community, thank you. <laughs> the Last Crusade. Good, thank yeah. you. Yeah, and that's such a, such a, I mean, you know, you feel his pain. I mean, how many of us, I mean, literally would step off a cliff with nothing there? I know I wouldn't. I'm scared of heights, you know? <laughs> I won't even do a mule ride in the Grand Canyon because I'm afraid the mule is going to step off a cliff. But... <laughs> because uh, I also have a tangled relationship with horses. But anyway, that, that's not, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> not about me. Um, but that, that metaphorical stepping off the cliff is so challenging because you don't know where you're going to go. You don't know where you're going. And, and also, um, you know, sometimes like uh, if you're in a leadership position, whether it's a family or leadership of a, a business or, or a, a cl- teacher in a classroom and you have, you have um, employers and people that are looking up to you, it's really hard to make that choice because for a while, it looks like failure. It looks like failure, and people will judge you, and, and you'll judge yourself, right?
5: Of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, I was waiting for you to give me that easy one that says, when he ran into all the snakes. That was Raiders <gasps> of the Lost Ark. I knew that. <laughs> I, had, I thought that was coming, so I was all prepared to answer. <laughs> and I dropped Does the ball on the other one. That's all that's right.
0: That's okay. No, that's all right. I, I'm struggling to remember the snake part, but...
5: Uh. That was... That was this, there were a lot of snakes, and he hated snakes. Indiana Jones hated snakes.
0: Is there a metaphor in the snakes?: I don't know. Okay.
5: I, mean, <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of one right now.: yeah. but Well, there might be.:
0: Say what? Deal with it. Deal with it? Just deal with it. Deal with your fears. Yeah, your fears will rot. Oh, that's a good one. Byron. Good one. Your fears will, you know, if you're, so have any of you noticed this? When you're afraid of something, or let's say you pray to release something, or you pray for a change, or you pray for a a result, the opposite of that result often flies in your face, so you can, you can address it, right? So if you're afraid of snakes and saying, please God, please God, or, you know, in our case, we would do a five-step treatment. I know now there's (laughs) one God, (laughs) and I know now that all snakes are out of my path. Well, guess what? Guess what? Or if you're saying, heal my fear around snakes, guess what you're going to get? Snakes. Snakes. A snake. Right. You got it. You go, girl. Snakes on a plane. Snakes on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on that one. <laughs> yeah, the two, well, <laughs> no, I won't go there. <laughs> okay, so, um, so, yeah, face your fears. Solutions are closer than you think. Solutions actually are there, you know, I say this every time I do an interview, Chip, why should you be the exception? The, this is a quote from the Gospel of Thomas. The kingdom of heaven is spread upon the earth, yet we do not see it. And the only reason we don't see it, you know, the kingdom of heaven being unitive consciousness, or in this book I'm currently reading, they, call it, they refer to it as the i canness, the I-can of spirit. So that kingdom of heaven is spread upon the earth, and we don't see it. But the only reason we don't see it is that we're not looking for it. So I think that part of Chip's book is, is teaching us to look for the good that's all around us and to, ch- and to choose it, to choose it. That's another thing that um, struck me so much about your, your book is that there's so much about choice in it, but it's not only an intellectual choice, it's an active choice. And I'm gonna okay. read you your quote from page 17 about an action plan, right? And Chip says, by constructing an action plan, you have served notice to yourself that you are tired of sameness. Did you hear that first part? Constructing an action plan. (laughs) You're tired of sameness. No longer are you willing to be in the same old, same old. That's the Virginian coming out in you. (laughs) The same old, same old.
5: So say a little bit about that. Well, I just find, uh, based on, again, my experience, Mm -hmm. that uh, we tend to, there's an old adage that says, those who fail to plan, plan to fail. Mm. Okay, that's pretty much acceptable in yeah. certain yeah. instances. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is the action plan. Uh, there's a great part to that that people will talk about doing something, but they don't do anything. And, and, and it's, it's All of us have that issue of problem. Can
0: we see a show of hands or a show of pinkies? How many yeah. of us have, have talked about something and never done it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, mm-hmm. Me too. Yep. And there's something
5: else that, that when I developed a program for the school district which was a school district called It's My Life mm-hmm. and part of that was uh, a, sub- a chapter called The Just Don't Get It Kids <laughs> JDGI we called it of course pretty simple the acronym JDGI Just Don't Get It and that is an expression that somebody I read somebody saying the other day a sports announcer that a lot of players in any sport come into the professional ranks and they don't get it what don't they get they just don't get what it's like what this, this next step from college to the pros is it's not no. just talent but it's attitude it's perspective uh, quality and they get it some eventually yeah. And there are some that never get it. Yeah. And there are people in life that never get it. Uh-huh. You know, they, they, a lot of people, are prisons are filled with people who just never got it. They mm-hmm. never could figure it out. Mm-hmm. God bless them all. I mean, yeah. it's, and they all can be helped. They all can change. But they didn't change. Yeah. And the result was, as you might imagine, not very positive. Right. And so I think that with taking action, it's just, uh, just an area that we can work on and we can get better at yeah, it. Yeah. It comes back to practice 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 yes practice. yes so
0: pra- practice you mean f- like practice in the real world or spiritual practice or both
5: both both yeah just every everything you can do that you th- that enhances your life
0: yeah yeah keep doing it yeah
5: and it gets better
0: yeah
5: but yeah you don't get worse by, by practicing yeah. i don't
0: think you know one of the beauties of what you're saying about the j d g i just don't get it um is i, I I imagine that there might be some heavy hearts of people saying, maybe maybe I'm that person, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm the person who just doesn't get it. And the thing is, is that we don't have to be, you know. We don't have to be because, um, I, and uh, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm so... I'm so low-key about promoting this church, which is probably the wrong thing to say. It's a good thing the board president isn't here. But, but I don't really like doing the whole sales thing, proselytizing thing. But I, in my own life, there have been times when I just didn't get it, and I have found the principles that we teach here to be so valuable, you know, particularly when you're like, oh, I don't know, like a new minister <laughs> Starting out in a church where you don't have a clue what you're doing, and <laughs> you just don't get it. You don't get what you're supposed to do. You don't get what you're supposed to be. And, and apply this to your own lives, please. You know, someplace where you feel like you just are not fitting in and you're not getting it, and you're swimming in this soup, this soup of despair and this feeling of failure and this feeling of shame, and how wonderful it is to be able to practice and do one foot put one foot in front of the other, and start to recognize the feelings of failure or shame or anything else as opportunities, opportunities to go within and grow and say, okay, spirit, what am I missing here? What am I missing here? And, and then to, to for, for me personally, it was seeing that feeling um, in pain and rejected at the beginning of, of the ministry here was a reflection of my own need for, for rejection. You know, that I was re- rejecting myself and it was reflected outward. You can read my book when I publish it, by the way. <laughs> but it was it was being reflected, it was mirrored back to me so that I could heal it. So anytime that we're not getting it, we could look at it like a mirror. It's something that is that the world is, the universe is screaming at us, saying, hey, hey, this is an opportunity for you. You can get this. You can develop a deeper understanding of this thing that you're putting between yourself and the kingdom of heaven spread upon the earth. You know, so just don't get it. You could be G-A-B-T-G-I, just about to get it. (laughs) And then eventually you're I-G-I, which is, I get it. I get it. And then T-Y, thank you, T-Y-G, thank you, God. So, (laughs) you know what? Thank you. Okay. Okay. So the thing, the point I'm making is that nobody is hopeless. It's just, it just takes, I think... It takes, And Chip, forgive me if I'm going on and on, but I, oh. I'm, I'm on a r- rampage here, and that's I can't right. stop myself from preaching, baby. So it's just, <laughs> it's just um, the willingness to be open and the willingness to look at ourselves. And as Chip says in his book, so much of your book is about taking responsibility and being personally accountable. How about yes. you say something about that?
5: Because yeah, I think that's true. and yeah. The years that I taught, I would tell all the kids, every one of them, individually and collectively, yes. that you've got to take responsibility. Well, you don't have to. You, you can go through life by blaming other people and being a victim, but the sooner you take that responsibility, it becomes second nature, and you want to take responsibility. Yes. You want to t- don't shift the blame off to someone else. Not, not even About blame, it's just about you taking responsibility, your part in the whole production. The yeah. whole. Again, we're all involved making a movie of our lives, whether we know it or not. Every bit of, it. and we're the actors, we're the producer, we're the director, we're the sound person, we're the cameraman, everything, we're, yeah. the, we're the grips that do it. So this would, one of the things I learned, I taught for all those years, and then my last five years, I was the president of the teachers union in Ventura, wow. and that's a big union. I had oh, yeah. a thousand teachers and psychologists and counselors and here speech pathologists. They were under my guidance or under my wing and i had to defend them all against the the principals, the parents the kids themselves everybody and i just found when people ask me says well that must have been a real joy to you after t- being in the classroom all that time for those kids i said the kids were easy oh. <laughs> they were easy <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the, the administrators were hard yeah and the teachers had the problems and, and i have to listen to them and i, and I think i won't put a finger on it because i want to take responsibility yeah but part of the responsibility was that i allowed that to get to me and i think it contributed to me having a stroke in in 2017 wow i'm pretty sure there are 2014 remember i had it yeah i've had i've had a couple of them but yeah i think i remember that so much of the fact But i by always taking the responsibility and being accountable for what my actions were i didn't ever have to look for somebody to blame because i would blame myself yes Yes. It, it didn't feel bad, I'm not, and I'm not a masochist. Right, you know, I mean right.
0: I just well, and the thing is, too, like you just said, you start to look for opportunities to, I think you said this, you start to look for opportunities to, to um, take responsibility, and actually taking responsibility and being accountable it it can feel really good. Like sometimes we shame ourselves or we blame ourselves in a really harsh manner. And that that probably means that we're blaming other people too. You know, if we blame ourselves, there's only one of us. So if we are blaming ourselves, it means that we're projecting that blame onto others when when we're not wise enough to (laughs) to look within. But it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way, right? I mean, right. you can take responsibility and accountability, and be like, "Oh, wow! I discovered something about myself. Now I can I can set about to s- to speaking with God and understanding more about how could I do this differently? We may not even know, but we could do it differently in a way that that is a, a win-win for everyone.
5: I yeah? think that's well said. Yeah. I believe that's thank you. The yeah. Win, the with yeah. The win-win. Yeah. But we're always looking for
0: absolutely. And th- and that's when like um, y- you know, you almost are grateful when you mess up because because you know that that the universe is giving you a sign that you have some growth and some personal work to do and your life is gonna be so much better once you do it, you know? Yep. Yeah. So you've experienced that too? Yes I have. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Probably more times than I care to.
0: (laughs) I know. Admit. I know. Same here. And it's not really fun. Like in the first, I don't know, twenty four hours or so, it's not really fun. But as you start to as we start to sort of shift into that place of taking being responsible, being accountable, recognizing that that yes, other people do bad things too, and they can take responsibility for that. But while we're taking we're taking responsibility for our part, which is you know sometimes as simple as allowing somebody to treat you badly instead of setting a nice boundary, right? It's all of, it's all of that, and it just it, life becomes so much better and so much more of a joy when we really start to look at that accountability piece. I yeah. think so too. Yeah, you're awesome. I'm all for that. I am too. I can tell by your book too. Let me see if there's anything else. Uh, another big theme, and then, then we're going to have to... This one is going fast. We're going to have to stop pretty soon, but um, you also talked a lot about being present, being here, being in the now. I say a few words about that?
5: Yes, I, I'd love to say it, but now remember, I'm saying this, and I've, I've written this. I don't always abide by what I write, <laughs> and sometimes I forget what I've written and contradict myself. I will yes. not, I'll try not to hear <laughs>
0: You're in good company if you do. By the way, well, so. <laughs> I, al-
5: I always want to be in the present. Yes, I'm f- I fear that I'm not always in the present, and I sometimes collapse back to my old days in high school. I can be, I can live in the past quite easily, mm-hmm. f- occasionally. Mm-hmm. I don't. My wife might disagree with me on this, but uh, I try and stay in the present. Mm-hmm. However, I'm sometimes more comfortable in the past because they were they were more the glory days. Okay, and I remember them yeah. when, when I had did not have some of the things that I've learned or th- that were not present then or that are present now. Yeah. Uh, I, I have always believed that if if we are address what is going on right now, it is much easier to face the future, and mm-hmm. it's much better. It's much easier to handle the past, mm-hmm. so I think that that it's the present is is the saving grace. It is, yes. it's, 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 it is the moment where it's all occurring, and it's what's happening now. And the rest of the stuff is kind of either on the on the, and the possibility stays, or, or it's already happened. Yes, and there is so much truth. There's nothing we can do about what's happened, what we've said, or what we've done. We can only do something about what we could do or uh-huh. what we are doing. Right. So that is just seems like common sense it's really not that much common sense
0: i know because the temptation to be in the past or to be projecting into the future right. is huge huge but again it's that kingdom of heaven thing if we want to if we want to reap the blessings of the, the kingdom of heaven that is spread upon the earth we have to be there to do it we have to be present to do it right, right. I think so. yeah chip we're gonna have to close but first of all, before I ask you one final question, I just want to tell you that I loved reading your book. There was just so much you in it and so much sincerity and your heart and your wisdom. It was just beautiful to read it. Thank you very. Um, yeah, we're, we have it. We're offering it in the bookstore, and Chip will sign it for you if you like. Um, but in closing, I just want to ask you, is there what's the most important thing that you want to tell us today?
5: Well, the first thing I want to tell you is I love you. love all Thank of you. All. Thank it you. Just, that's important to me. And it's important that you love me, and I. but I'm l- happy just loving you. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I, I want to say is that uh, let the world go by and take the next bus. <laughs> <laughs> Namaste.
0: Thank you. <laughs> you did a fantastic uh, job. Thank, thank you. you so thank much. Thank you so much. Sure. <laughs> Thank you, what a blessing, and let us pray.